Welcome to the political beatdown. I'm Ben Marcellus, joined by Michael Cohen, who's always in on political beatdown. We've got a lot to discuss today. We've got updates from Michael Cohen on the various court matters that he's involved in. I know that you've done the interview with Lev Parnas also for Mea Culpa. We're going to play that one over the weekend. I want to hear how that went. This is what we're calling the show. Lev remembers. By the way, <laughs> I, I see a possible for a spinoff show of Political Beatdown with you and Lev. We may need to talk off. Wouldn't that be the greatest show ever? Let also, me tell you, that would be something. <laughs> You know, two guys who both went to Otisville who got screwed by oh, Donald man. and by Rudy Kaludi. You know, that would be that would be something. Right before today's show, there was two pieces of breaking news. Um, we've got uh, we learned from this Washington Post report uh, information that special counsel Jack Smith has that uh, Donald Trump had his aides move the boxes at Mar-a-Lago the day before the Department of Justice arrived on June 3rd to retrieve documents in response to the subpoena that they issued. Also, that Donald Trump was holding dress rehearsals that he was directing himself about how to hide the classified records when the Department of Justice would show up. And a lot more to discuss there. Also, the leader of the Oath Keeper, Stuart Rhodes, sentenced to 18 years. He gave a speech today during sentencing where he went all in basically saying, I was doing what I was doing on behalf and for the benefit of Donald Trump. What? And Cohen, did I, what? Did I, <laughs> what? We've heard that shit before, haven't we? At the direction of and coordination with and for the benefit of Donald J. Trump. This poor bastard's going to go away for 18 years. You know, in Jewish, we call that chai. I'm sure he's not too happy about it. Not too happy about it. <laughs> at all um and also we predicted it here on political beatdown the ron DeSantis announcement i told you i said look from a strictly technical point if you are going to do your announcement that you're running for office doing it on twitter spaces was the single worst strategy. I was saying it's glitchy. Elon Musk can barely put together a sentence when he's interviewed. And all of those things we said were going to happen, happen. But let's go to you, Cohen. How are you doing today? What updates do you have for us? Well, you know, as I had told everybody, um, at the present moment, um, we have a case for the legal fees, which is Michael Cohen versus Trump organization uh, that didn't the we'll call it the non-binding mediation didn't resolve anything. That case is going to trial uh, July 24th. I believe that's set in stone um, and feeling very confident about that one. Uh, some of the arguments by counsel for Trump to me just don't make any sense. But then again, you know, we'll. We'll wait and see how that goes. Uh, on top of that, let's not forget that we've already filed as far as the $500 million uh, action against me at the Southern District of Miami. Uh, my counsels, Danya Perry and Benjamin Brodsky, already filed our motion to dismiss. We also filed uh, our 
demand for depositions of Donald, which will be, um, let's just say, more interesting and certainly uh, <laughs> more entertaining than even the E. Jean Carroll case, because as we all know, Donald just doesn't want to play by any rules. Why? I don't get it. You know, sometimes, sometimes if you follow the rules, it's just so much easier because you don't end up putting your foot in your mouth or up your ass or wherever else your foot ends up going. But here, no different than what he's doing with the um, with the documents at Mar-a-Lardo. Why not just follow the rules? Why not do what everybody else says? Hey, I have a document. I shouldn't have that document. Let me contact NARA, right, the National Archives, and let me return it. Instead, you're fighting it, and you're fighting it. You're getting lawyers to lie on your behalf, and now they need lawyers, and then everybody gets caught up into the bullshit. It's like one big giant hurricane of nonsense and stupidity. But that's who he is. He's Captain Chaos, and the more chaos that the guy sows, the happier he is, but the more embarrassed and the more damaged are the people that are around him. And for some unknown reason, folks like Jim Jordan, folks like, you know who you know who actually realized this? The guy Palatori, when he ended up in walking away and he did the right thing. He was preserving himself. <laughs> yeah. Parlatori realized what was happening because when we talked about it last week that Parlatori was resigning, there's just been an avalanche of stories day after day after day. Um, and it seems to be that these indictments by special counsel Jack Smith are even more imminent than we suspected, like potentially in the next weeks as it relates to Donald Trump's theft of these government records. An interesting tidbit from this Washington Post bombshell article that just came out that I find very fascinating. It was kind of buried in the article, and I hadn't heard this anywhere else. The last time the grand jury has met in Washington, D.C. regarding the case involved Trump's theft of government records was May 5th. So they've now gone almost three weeks of that not meeting. And that's very unusual for that grand jury. And so what that timing suggests is basically that Jack Smith's pretty much done with presenting the evidence there. What that suggests, the next step would be Jack Smith would go to Merrick Garland make a recommendation for indictments. There would be a period of time for that. Then go back to the grand jury to have them vote on the indictments. And then I think we will hear about these charges against Donald Trump and, and Michael. The bombshell reporting, though, that he had people moving these boxes. We knew people were moving them. But the day before the Department of Justice arrived on June 3rd, we knew about someone named Walt Nauta, one of his personal aides in the White House, who was then one of his personal aides at Mar-a-Lago moving it. But a second employee was helping Walt Nauta to move these boxes. Trump was holding dress rehearsals, how to hide the classified information from the Department of Justice. And one of the things we learned, too, is that we kind of knew this before, but he was keeping these records throughout his office. He was showing these records to people, apparently, who visited Mar-a-Lago. And, you know, he viewed these documents as his, that he stole them. They belong to his. Mine, 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 mine. And I'm not returning these. And it's a crime. Yeah, well, look, 
I'm certain that our brigaders are as angry about what's going on right now as I am. And I want to be very clear about this. And I don't mean to be disrespectful in any way to Merrick Garland or to the process, but this bullshit has to stop. We, we are coming off of four previous years of an attorney general, and I'm referring to Bill Barr, who didn't follow procedure either. He All he cared about was appeasing a party of one. And he moved stuff along, not in an expeditious manner, but like the way it's going in um, certain federal courts, it's called the rocket docket. They just move this shit right through. So think about it. We already know that the guy took the documents. He said so himself. We already know that he put the documents outside in front of the White House. So he claims it was open and notorious. There was no hiding. All right. That's his own words. We already know that the documents were put in Mar-a-Lardo, in the subcellar, as well as some documents in his office above the catering facility. We know that because Donald said so. We also know after the raid, that many of these documents were classified as top secret, okay? What are we doing? Why are we sitting and waiting? Oh, now he has to sit and finish. He has to write up a memo, send it to Merrick Garland, who's slower than molasses through a fucking strainer, until ultimately they decide that they're going to put it before a grand jury in order to indict. Do you realize how much time, Ben, that we're talking about? This shit should have already happened. This is not a difficult case to prove. He said so himself. The documents were located there. There are lawyers that are willing to come forward to say, like Christina Bob, that Donald lied to her, that there were no more documents there. They've already interviewed Matt Calamari, the chief operating officer at the Trump Organization, and his son, Matty Jr., who are in control of all of the videos uh, and all of the security that takes place at all of the Trump properties. It's all funneled into one server. So they know who came and went. Don't you think that we want to know who Donald may or may not have shown these documents to? Why is it that Jared got 600, I'm sorry, $2 billion and a couple hundred million from various different, whether Saudi or Gulf Coast countries? Don't you think that we as American citizens need to know who else saw these top secret documents? My understanding from you know information that was provided, I think it was to the New York Times, some of those documents had to do with nuclear um, information. Some of it had to do with Israel. Don't you think that our allies want to know who was shown these top secret documents? And I would like to know, as I'm sure our brigaders, Ben, want to know, why? Why? You may remember going back now, it's got to be, what, at least a year and a half or more. I remember sitting on MSNBC with Nicole Wallace. I remember then following it up with Joy Reid and then uh, another program with Reverend Al. And I said, the question is not, you know, did he have them? The question that really is more integral to us as American citizens is why? And then the biggest question of all is what did he do with them? 
And why did he have them? And the answer that I gave was he was using it as a get-out-of-jail-free card. He was holding this over the government's head that if you want to come and you want to indict me, I have all of these documents and I will share them with other countries, our adversaries, which will put our entire country, our national security at risk. And I say that not happily, not jokingly, right, but simply because... I know the man, and I know he doesn't give a shit about this country. It's one big giant ruse for him. It's a way to grift and to make money. But at the the end of the day here, our biggest problem is what, what happened with those documents while they were in his possession? Who did he show them to? And how much damage has that now caused our national security? Um, these are the questions that really need to be answered, you know. Why it's taking this long in order to file an indictment, which brings me for a very quick second, Ben, to the whole issue as it relates to Alvin Bragg. Now, I truly agree with Mark Pomerantz that that case could have and should have been brought one year earlier. I acknowledge that. I'll also acknowledge that Alvin Bragg was working at his own pace on his own timeline. And when I hear people, even whether it's on, we'll call it, you know, um, an MSNBC, a CNN, uh, or, you know, we'll call it center or center left stations, that, you know, this is not the case that should have gone first. And I say, why? Why? All of a sudden now we're ranking illegal actions by a former president? Yes, we will all acknowledge that seditious conspiracy, which is what this guy Stuart Rhodes just got 18 years for, that we should all acknowledge seditious conspiracy is a much, a much worse crime to be charged with than campaign finance violation or, you know, um, wire fraud, bank fraud. We should all acknowledge that. But nevertheless, what he is being charged by Alvin Bragg is nevertheless a crime. And he, like the rest of us, needs to be held, what's the word of the day, my friends? Accountable. He needs to be held accountable for his own dirty deeds. And that's finally happening. Alvin Bragg didn't sit and wait for this and that and this and that. Yeah, it could have been a year earlier. We'd be a year further into it. But again, it wasn't on Alvin Bragg's timeline. He had just became the DA, so he wanted to get every all his ducks in a row and his eyes dotted, his T's crossed, as we like to say, and he moved at his own pace. But he still moved faster than Jack Smith, faster than the various different hearings and the committee members, faster than Fannie Willis, faster than everybody else. As far as I'm concerned, this is not the January 6th insurrection case, which I think will be and would definitively be the hardest case to try of all of them. And why? Because there's a thousand people who testified. There's over a million documents. You need to bring in a bunch of those people at trial. Remember, what we experienced was just a hearing. When you're doing the trial, you got to bring these people in. There's a million documents that have to be, you know, that have to be reviewed and beta stamped for use to be made as part of the exhibits. This is one freaking trial that's going to take years, years. Al Capone theory, my friends, 
didn't get them on racketeering, murder, extortion, bootlegging, prostitution, all that nonsense. They got them on tax evasion. They went for the low-hanging fruit. And I believe that Alvin Bragg's case is as strong as any of the others and capable of being proven at trial and will be proven at trial. And Donald, or Teflon Don as he likes to think he is, will be held accountable for that. We see the Tish James case moving forward rapidly, but Tish James, as we all know, is a civil matter. Alvin Bragg's is a criminal matter. We're still waiting for Fonnie Willis to drop the indictment. We're still waiting for Jack Smith to turn around and to bring it to Merrick Garland to drop an indictment. Come on. It's time we move forward. We have an upcoming presidential election that's going to be, you know, right at our doorstep. This stuff needs to be done before that date. People like our friendly debates here. So let me challenge you on a few points that you think special counsel Jack Smith has not been going as fast as Alvin Bragg. Uh, Alvin Bragg ran for office in 2021. He was appointed as the district attorney January 1 of 2022. And when he came into office, he inherited years of investigations prior to him arriving in office from the prior DA, Cy Vance. And so it took him a significant period of time to actually bring uh, the charges, which he eventually did. Now, January 1, 2022, Alvin Bragg comes into office. When did the search take place of Mar-a-Lago? And by the way, I'm open to criticizing Merrick Garland on going slow of a lot of things, but you know, he, here are the facts. The search of Mar-a-Lago, where these documents were found, where it was found that Trump was lying and using lawyers to lie, that took place August 8th of 2022. So not even a year ago from today. When was special counsel Jack Smith appointed? When did Jack Smith even take over his job to begin with? November of 2022. So about six months ago. So within the past six months, and if you factor in December and holidays, and remember when Jack Smith was appointed, he was working in uh, the Netherlands. Uh, he was working as a war crimes prosecutor. He had a broken leg at the time as well, um, based on a bicycling accident. So he really starts in earnest in December. So to be clear here, the special counsel Jack Smith investigation with all of the things that we've been talking about, with all of the developments before the grand jury have happened in a five month span. And what's happened in that five month span? Donald Trump has manipulated and distorted our constitution. He's tortured our constitution, asserting every single privilege imaginable that special counsel Jack Smith had to fight each and every witness. You have to go to the federal judge. You have to get a court date. You have to get oppositions, reply briefs. You have to wait for the order. In special counsel Jack Smith's own mind, he would like to have prosecuted this thing yesterday. But the reality is, is that the court schedule, federal trial dates, the way it just takes, takes significant periods of time for these breakthroughs to occur that he did. Also, 
Donald Trump has hired lawyers through the grifting that he's done for every single one of these witnesses that we talk about. So when we talk about Walt Nauta, when we talk about the other, uh, you know, the the other aide who's mentioned in this Washington Post story, they're all paid by the Save America PAC, and he pays everybody from Mark Meadows to. The, the, the kitchen cleaner at Mar-a-Lago, hundreds of thousands of dollars, each millions of dollars to obstruct. So I, I want tr- the frustration I have is that Donald Trump has not been held accountable. But I do want to give that time frame because when you think about it, we're less than a year and within a one year process to have an indictment, an investigation of a former president who stole classified documents. I, I I think I think if Jack Smith does it to your point about Alvin Bragg doing it on his timetable, I think we have to trust Jack Smith a little bit. But I'm with you. I wanted to move quicker, but I think that's a healthy and debate to have. My criticism is not of Jack Smith. I I acknowledge what you're saying, and I agree with you, Ben, wholeheartedly that Jack Smith has moved in an expeditious manner, which is the way that he operates. I want to remind you and everybody else that when Jack Smith was brought on, this was not the first time that we had heard, uh, or I should say that the DOJ or NARA had heard that Donald was in possession of top secret documents, of documents that were removed from the White House inappropriately. That bullshit was going on for at least a year in advance, if not a year and a half, that they were pleading with him to return the documents. That's what he could, that he was continuously being requested by NARA in order to return these documents. And then he claimed that they didn't have. Then they said that you do have them. He said, you're right. There's two boxes, three boxes, whatever. And so they went through those boxes. They returned them to government. And then they claimed again that Christina uh, Bob you know, um, signed off on a document stating that she searched a facility, that there are no more documents around. Lie. Right. And then uh, on and on and on. So my point is the second that they found out that there are top secret documents in his possession, the f- the very second that Christina Bob put in that affidavit, made the attestation that there are no more documents around based upon the statements of her client, and they knew right off the bat that that was a lie because there is an insider that's a whistleblower, so to speak, that is providing them with this information, including where the documents were located. Boom. That's when they should have turned around and that's when they should have raided the property, not a year later, not six months later. So while I acknowledge your timetable is spot on, Ben, that's not when things started. All right. True. That was when Merrick Garland finally decided that, oh, now we need a special counsel in order to review what we already know, what Merrick Garland should have done what Bill Barr would have done if it was the other way around, right? He would have immediately filed an indictment. That's what Bill Barr would have done. If this was a Trump administration and the former administration were the Bidens and Biden had those documents, I promise you that Bill Barr would not be calling for a special counsel. He would be calling for Joe Biden's head because that's what Donald wanted and that's what he would have done. He would have called for an indictment. 
Here's the thing though, Bill, and I, and I love our debates, by the way, Bill, Bill Barr's a loser though. So I can give you the Bill Barr example. Bill Barr did exactly what you said and appointed John Durham and basically gave John Durham the mandate, just make crap up, go after whoever, right? And John Durham in the two trials that he brought are 0 for 2. So to use Bill Barr as an example, I think we would all be incredibly disappointed if at the end of this, Jack Smith went 0 for 2 and lost the two major cases of Donald Trump the way Bill Barr shot from the hip. Going back to the timeline, you talk about when Christina Bob signed the attestation. It wasn't six months later. It wasn't a year later where Merrick Garland acted. It was less than 30 days later or about 35 days later, to be fair, because the attestation was signed June 3rd of 2022. The affidavit was the affidavit for a search warrant was submitted to the magistrate judge on August 5th of 22. And That's then on the August 8th. That's and then the August go back, go back and check when was the very first time that Donald Trump and his cohorts were contacted by NARA and by DOJ requesting the return of documents that they knew were in his possession. That that nonsense was going on for a year and a half. So my point is, yes, you ask, say, hey, we understand you have these documents. We need them back. And at that point in time, when you got the bullshit answer, we have no documents, we don't know what you're talking about, that's when they should have moved on this. Not sit and placate a petulant child. Yep. The NARA was involved throughout uh, 2021. The DOJ got the referral February or March of 2022. But also remember what happened after the search warrant was executed at Mar-a-Lago. Remember in late August, Donald Trump filed that motion with Judge Eileen Cannon in the Southern District of Florida. She accepted jurisdiction. She blocked the Department of Justice from engaging in further investigation using that. The Department of Justice had to go all the way up to the Supreme Court, then back down, then back up to the 11th Circuit Court of Appeals. That process took about five months because a Trump-appointed stooge who broke the law, accepted jurisdiction, and blocked the DOJ from engaging in the investigation. So mm -hmm. my overall point here, though, is that with Donald Trump being armed with all of these tools, because everyone's like, if this was a regular citizen, they would be arrested by now. Of course they would be. The Look reality, reality is winner, Ben. Reality winner. It They basically, one document, she ended up with a five-year sentence. The thing started and finished in under four months. Yeah, in but under she's six not. Six months. And, and the, and, but because, she, because the laws are different for people yeah. like you and me and our brigaders than they are for Donald Trump, that they are for members of Congress, that now we have two separate sets of rules and laws that we have to follow. I get it. Former president, many of them, including Joe Biden, has documents. Uh, Bill Clinton had documents that somehow were there. No problem. But once you are told that we know that you have these documents, we need them back, all right, and we want an attestation that you didn't copy, duplicate, show them, et cetera, and he refused to do it, that's when they need to move. Because again, Ben, if that was you, 
Certainly, if it was me, it would be, again, 48 hours, like my case ended up in 48 hours, not two years, all right? I want to, and I want to say this in closing on this, because we can sit and we could waste an entire <laughs> hour on this, all right? I really want to say it's, this. It's an important debate, though. Yes, but we're not talking about the letters from Kim Jong-un, the love letters. We're not talking about the additional love letters from Vladimir Putin or from Mohammed bin Salman. We're talking about top secret documents, some of which were nuclear in nature. Some dealt with our allies uh, like Israel, um, or I think there was also some about France, uh, about Macron. I mean, this is not a joke. This is our national security that's at risk. And if you're going to allow two years from the time you find out that this diaper Donald has the documents to the time that you're finally going to be in a position to bring it to Merrick Garland to decide to put a grand jury together in order to indict, which will ultimately take place, what, maybe... 10, 11 months by the time this bullshit finishes before, you know, the presidential election of 2024. This is a real problem. At least it's a problem in my mind. All right. We don't we don't know what those documents are. We just know that they're top secret. And the fact that he had them and the fact that he refused to return them. This sounds like to me like a simple case. It's a simple case to put on. The same thing as I as I maintain, I think Fannie Willis's case is much easier to put on, certainly, than the January 6th case, because that case is complicated. With the question being, are there a different set of laws that apply to people like Biden, Obama, Trump, whoever, unfortunately, the answer is yes, and not just symbolically. There are actually different laws. And what they have, based on their role as commander-in-chief, are a set of privileges and a set of assumptions of immunity that other people don't have. It is total BS that that exists, but our founders, in their infinite wisdom, when they created the Constitution, and as our Supreme Court over centuries has ultimately um, determined through what Article 2 uh, stands for, which sets forth the powers of the presidency, is that presidents have vast immunity. Presidents have almost their power is significant. It's been the doctrine of the unitary executive for decades has been stretched. So there is a little bit of a difference. Unfortunately, I would rather it not be the case, but this is why voting matters. This is why when we see what happens with yep. Ron DeSantis, why it is that we can never elect people who are freaking morons and who are fascists. By the way, I want to talk a lot about DeSantis, but let me show you this clip. If it wasn't disastrous enough, his Twitter spaces announcement, this is what he said after like not being able to figure out how to use Twitter spaces and, and it being glitchy. He went on Fox and this is what went down. Play this clip. All right, you uh, wore the uniform. If you are elected president, you may be the first one in a while uh, to have worn the uniform. How would you address the ongoing war in Eastern Europe between Russia and Ukraine on day one of a Ron DeSantis presidency? 
Well, first, I think what we need to do as a veteran is recognize that our, our military uh, has become politicized. Uh, you talk about gender ideology. You talk about things like global warming that they're somehow concerned. And that's not the military that I served in. We need to return our military uh, to focusing on uh, commitment, focusing on the core values and the core mission. That would be something that I could take care of on day one. Uh, there'll be a new sheriff in town as commander in chief. And I think you'll see recruiting start to get back to where it needs to be because people don't want to join a woke military. And I think it's been really, really problematic. Look, in terms of what's going on over in Eastern Europe, um, you know, I'd like to see a, a settlement of this. I do not want to see a wider war. I think it's completely unknowable what it will look like in January of 2025. Uh, but I would not want to see the United States with our troops uh, get enmeshed uh, in a war in Russia or in Ukraine. Cohen, I want to get your response to that and more about what went down. But first, let's take a quick break. Ben Micellis here. Breathe some life into your own backyard with FastGrowingTrees.com this spring. From shade to fresh fruit to privacy and natural beauty, let FastGrowingTrees.com help you plant your dream garden with their expert advice and fast, reliable shipping. FastGrowingTrees.com's plant experts curate thousands of easy-to-grow plant, shrub, and tree varieties for your unique climate. Meyer lemons to evergreens and everything in between. Happy plants, happy home, right? But sometimes it's hard to know which plants will do best. No problem, because with FastGrowingTrees.com, you get customized recommendations based on your specific needs. Plus, their plant experts are always available to help keep your plants growing healthy through the season and beyond. No more waiting in long lines and hauling heavy plants around. With FastGrowingTrees.com, you order online and your plants arrive at your door in just a few days. I love Fast Growing Trees because I found the Alberta peach tree I was looking for at a great price, and you will too. And with Fast Growing Trees 30-Day Alive and Thrive Guarantee, you know everything will look great fresh out of the box. Join over 1.5 million happy Fast Growing Trees customers. So go to fastgrowingtrees.com slash political now to get 15% off your entire order. Get 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com slash political. That's fastgrowingtrees.com dot com slash political and now back to the show we are back I mean, look ben let, let me say this all right first of all as we do on the political beatdown all the time and he's so perfect for it ron death santis gets the two middle fingers fuck you you idiot and a half right a guy who claims oh i wore the uniform and so on you know what so did so did people who were gay who gives a shit? These people are fighting for our country. They're fighting for democracy. And here this asshole goes again. Woke, 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 woke. Listen, this death snot nose, right? I mean, this is an asshole that while he was at a function, sneezed, all right, ends up with snot in his hands and with that weird, crazy laugh of his, starts wiping his hands on one of his, on one of his, um, you know, 
guests at the event. I, it's salty. If you have it, throw that thing up. It is nauseating. This is the oh, in 24 hours. That's a Donald Trump bullshit line. <laughs> I'm going to 24 hours. I could resolve this entire thing. Let me tell you something, you asshole. You can't resolve shit in 24 hours. All right. That's the funniest thing. They all say this thing. Uh, that's it. I want to run for the presidency. I could resolve everything in 24 hours. First of all, the debt ceiling, 24 hours, I'll use Article, uh, I'll go right to the 14th Amendment and I'm going to pass the debt ceiling. I'm going to now wipe it out. I'm going to add another five members to the Supreme Court and we're going to overturn the Dobbs decision. At the same point in time, I'm going to come up with an immigration plan in 24 hours. I'm going to figure this whole thing out. Taxes, I'm going to lower taxes. I'm going to lower oil because I'm going to start drilling uh, You know, somewhere here in the United States where we have 300 billion. I mean, they all make these things. I'm going to build the wall and no, we don't need Mexico to pay for it because we're going to have so much money from my oil, the 350 billion barrels of oil that we have here in America, more than Iran, more than Saudi Arabia, all of them combined. We're going to take that money and we're going to build the wall. Vote for Michael, all right? These fucking idiots with their 24 hours, this asshole can't figure out shit in 24 hours. And I hate the fact that they say it because these mental midgets that are there that don't understand anything about politics. They don't understand how government works. They're buying into this bullshit that people like Death Santis and Dump, you know, keep spilling out and, you know, and grifting off of and so on. 24 hours. Sure. You know, give him 24 years and he may even start to get close. We've got the clip of DeSantis wiping his snot on someone here. Play that clip. Crazy. Yeah, that's that. Okay, don't back down. Look, it's ridiculous. Um, Listen, but- I want to find out who the guy is that, you know, that got his jacket, you know, snot by Ron DeSantis, and I think we need to send a, a cleaning bill to the DeSantis campaign. I mean, that's just disgusting. Can you imagine he's sitting there and he's wiping his dirty hand on some guy's jacket, unbeknownst to the guy who's there? You know, I guess it must be some sort of a fundraiser. That's the guy who we want as the president? How about that Dr. Evil laugh of his? There's something so wrong with him. There's something so wrong with Dump. Are you going to try to tell me that in this country that we don't have people better than Donald Trump, than Ron DeSantis in order to run, you know, for their party? I mean, look, there are others uh, that are out there. Why they just get no traction? Why these two dopes are getting it? I don't have an answer. I really I, don't I, have an answer. I, I, it goes I, to I, show I, you how poor our political system is you know, really functions and operates. How someone yeah. like a George Santos can win a seat and stay in. How someone like a Kevin McCarthy could be the Speaker of the House. There's something really going on in our country that it's really dangerous. And somewhere along the line, Ben, you know, with political beatdown, with the Midas Touch Network, with Maya culpa, with all, with all the things, we really, you hit the nail right on the head. Vote, 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 all right? And as we're voting, make sure you keep saying gay, 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 right? And get rid of the DeSantis's, get rid of the Trumps, get rid of these folks that 
have a problem with somebody else that have a problem with how you want to deal with your reproductive system, whether or not that it's time that you're ready for a child, whether or not that, you know, you, you want to, you know, you, you want to love who you want to love. I mean, the fact that they stick their nose in to all of this other, you know, all this other business of people, instead of worrying about the country, it really goes to show you that, We've lost our way and we need to find it and we need to get back to normalcy. There was a story that broke also right before we went live from uh, the insider about how Lauren Boebert's son a few months back had called the police uh, and said that uh, his father um, was attacking him and grabbing him. And then Lauren Boebert grabbed the phone and said, I'm his mom, you know, and just basically like hung up on the police. And the bottom line is that what they try, and then by the way, that day she, she posted on Twitter some religious message about Jesus this or, or, or whatever it is. And it was like, you know, Lauren Boebert, you need to stop focusing on what other private citizens want to do to be happy in our own lives. Like, please just let us be alone. But when you talk about Lauren Boebert or Santos or DeSantis or Trump or McCarthy, there was a theme in all of the people that you named and it's not both sides, right? You named all of these people who are the face of the modern day Republican party, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Jim Jordan, uh, Paul Gosar, James Gosh, Comer. holy, you got, you know, uh, Mark Meadows. I mean, you got them all, Matt Gates, you know, Marjorie Toilet Green, all of them. They're, Ben, they're fucking nuts. That's and here's really the thing, like, you know, and the reality is if McCain won in 2008, you know, I think McCain would have made a great president. You know, I think if Mitt Romney won in 2012, I think that I probably would have disagreed with Romney on a lot of things, but I think that Romney has the nation's interest in in his heart, and I think Romney would be a competent person who would not be saying America should default on its debt and would not be saying the woke mental virus. And so the the virus, if you will, because everything's projection that the MAGA Republicans have said is a Trump virus. The modern day Republican Party is now the Trump MAGA Republican Party. It is who they are. And you compare what's going on with Trump and DeSantis here right before we went live. This was the Democratic leader in the House of Representatives, Hakeem Jeffries. Just watch the difference. This is what the Democratic leader was like. Play this clip. And so we helped make sure we avoided a default three times, notwithstanding the fact that in our country's 247-year history, 25% of the nation's debt was racked up under the four years of the Trump administration. How dare you lecture America about fiscal responsibility with that shameful record? Notwithstanding the fact that you've racked up unprecedented amounts of debt to subsidize the rich, the richest amongst us, and big corporations. We never threatened the default. But yet here we are, a few days from America being unable to pay our bills because you've made a political calculation that you will be successful in 2024 if you crash the economy. 
That's wrong. That's cruel. That's un-American. Because you'll be hurting veterans, hurting children, hurting seniors, hurting young people, hurting everyday Americans. And that's why Democrats are here today in Washington, fighting hard against this unreasonable manufactured default crisis. Powerful, normal, decent, filled with humanity. Like, that's why when people say to me, you know, when, when I, I, I sometimes I speak at these events and some, and I always get asked, do you think going to Georgetown Law helped you start a political media company? I get that question a lot. And I often say, I don't, be, I don't view this as, as like, fully political. Like in many ways, the beatdown in political beatdown is we want to beat down on the idea that basic common sense, facts, decency is political in the first place. It isn't. This is about humanity and decency. And it's not Democrats who are politicizing it. When MAGA Republicans are saying that trans people shouldn't exist and that's what they're saying. And a Democrat is saying, treat people like a human being. That's not politicizing an issue. That's not Democrats engaging in a culture war. You're calling for the killing of human beings. That's what it's about. When you're out there shooting your AR-15s at Bud Light cans because they support pride or LGBTQ+, it's not a culture war to be like, can you stop doing yes. that, you yes, crazy man. people? Yes, agreed with you. But I want to change. I want to add one thing because I'm not a hundred percent in line with what you're saying. Yes, the Democrats, Joe Biden. I'm telling you, he is a very decent human being with a lot of empathy. Hakeem Jeffries, the same, makes perfect sense. He is a decent, decent person. Here's the problem. I know what I want as an American citizen. I know what you want as American citizen. And I know what our brigaders want as American citizens. We want results. Personally, I don't care if you do it with a nasty tongue like I have. I don't care if you tell Putin to go fuck himself in Macy's window. I don't give a shit about any of that. We kick Marjorie Taylor Greene right in her ass, right, while walking down her, you know, or give her a slap across the side of the head because she's sitting there with an AR-15 on her lapel, which is reprehensible after so many children, after so many innocent people are gunned down day in and day out and day in and day out, and all we do is send an emoji with the hands, prayers, and thoughts, and bullshit. These are lost lives, and there's nothing more precious than, than human life. We're looking for results, and that's why Donald Trump right now still has this 26, 28% Die hard because he's promising them results in 24 hours. I'm going to fix the whole immigration problem in 24 hours. I'm going to fix the entire Ukraine Russia problem. I can do it with the power of the presidency. What he's doing is he's projecting, which is a lie because he doesn't have the intelligence in order to do it in the time period, but he's promising results. You didn't hear that even in Hakeem Jeffries' well-thought-out speech. And I'm going to tell you, talking about results. In 2020, um, Hakeem Jeffries and Ted Lieu, 
penned a letter to the government asking for documents, FOIA, regarding an unconstitutional remand by the former administration as against me that put me in solitary confinement for an additional 15 days, bringing it up to 51 days, all right? Ask me what happened to that case. What happened to their request? Well, it wasn't until Ted Lieu was on MSNBC, um, I think it was Alex Witt, turned around and said, well, you know, by the way, you penned this letter in 2020. It's now 20, almost 2022, 18 months later. Have you heard back? Have you followed through? Have you gotten any documents? Blah, blah, blah. The answer is, you know, I don't know. I, I, I have to check. All right. Then they go ahead and they finally send me a letter stating that they're going to look into it. Well, now it's almost three and a half years. It's three and a half years. And there's no investigation. There's no investigation to any of this. Where is the follow through? Let me go back to the word of the day now. Second to accountability. It's called results. What have they done to get results? Don't you want to show that the former administration violated the United States Constitution, that they created a political prisoner in our own country because I refuse to waive my First Amendment constitutional right? Do they not understand that if that play in Trump's playbook ever comes to fruition and they get past what, you know, what they failed to get past with me, thanks to God will thank him a million times, Judge Alvin K. Hellerstein. Can you imagine what happens to our democracy? You lose your ability to freely speak. You now have state-run media like they have in Russia with their magazines and newspapers called Pravda, which means truth in Russian, which is really untruth, like Trump's truth social. What are we talking about? Do they not realize that the implications of their failure to produce results is substantial and it's American democracy that's hanging by a thread? The answer to that is no, because they move on to the next soundbite. They move on to the next, you know, um, campaign slogan in order to raise money for their coffers. That's the problem. We need people who are results oriented. And until we start putting results-oriented people into Congress, into the White House, and so on, we're going to fall apart yeah. day in and day out. And you know what? You do need to be a little bit more like a Donald Trump where he's like, you know what? I am the president. In order for me to do what I need, I need five more members to be placed, five more judges to be placed on the Supreme Court. All right. That's what you need to do. And if you don't like what I'm saying, fuck you. I'm doing it anyway. Take me to court. But these five people are going on the Supreme Court tomorrow. Well, it seems to be, though, what you're saying, though, is more about the messaging, because let's be clear. Donald Trump didn't do shit. Nothing. He did not do anything he said, so he's not results-oriented. But if you want to actually talk about results-oriented, let me just give you a full a little recount results, okay, under Joe Biden. He passed a $1.2 trillion bipartisan infrastructure package to increase investment in national network of bridges, roads, airports, public transport. He helped get out more than 500 million life-saving COVID-19 vaccinations. He stopped a 30-year streak of federal inaction on gun violence by signing a bipartisan Safer and Communities Act. He made a $369 billion investment in 
climate change. He pulled troops out of Afghanistan. He provided for 10 to 20,000 in college debt relief, which Republicans are trying to block. He cut child poverty in half through the America Rescue Plan. He capped prescription drug prices at $2,000 per year for seniors on Medicare through the Inflation Reduction Act. He passed the COVID-19 relief deal that provided payments of up to $1,400 to many struggling U.S. citizens. He achieved historically low unemployment rates. After the pandemic, he imposed a 15% minimum corporate tax on some of the largest corporations in the country. He recommitted America to the global fight against climate change by rejoining the Paris Agreement. He strengthened the NATO alliance in support of Ukraine. He authorized the assassination of al-Qaeda terrorist Ayman al-Zawahari. He gave Medicare the power to negotiate prescription drug prices. He's been holding Vladimir Putin accountable through stiff sanctions. He's boosted the budget of the IRS by nearly $80 billion to reduce tax evasion and increase revenue, created more jobs in one year, 6.6 million than any president in United States history. He reduced health care premiums under the Affordable Care Act by $800 per person. He signed the PACT Act to address service members' exposure to burn trips to burn pits. He signed the Chips and Science Act to strengthen American manufacturing and innovation. He reauthorized the Violence Against Women Act through 2007. He halted all federal executions after the previous administration reinstated them. That seems like a someone who has done things. That seems to me like a results-oriented person. So what is the issue here? It seems like it's a communications messaging issue, and it seems like the media is broken for both sides in it, for buying into the freaking bullshit that MAGA Republicans create every day where they just make up a lie and say, Biden's bribing people. We have secret whistleblowers out there. Front page. Biden By the way, not if, you, not if you listen to my upcoming Maya Culpa podcast with Lev Parnas, where he turns around and we talk about the pardons for sale. Pardons for sale is not a Joe Biden thing, my friends. Pardons for sale is a Donald Trump thing. And let's not forget, right out of the asshole's mouth, Jared Kushner. He wasn't involved in the January 6th insurrection because he was busy working on pardons. All of a sudden... The secretary of everything, a guy who's a senior advisor to the president, is now running the pardon office for the for the government. I mean, when did this shit happen? I mean, this is the problem. And this is why I get animated and I'm frustrated because we as Americans need to be results oriented. We need to not kick the can down the road. And by the way, that doesn't mean that the person who's results oriented, if I was running and I was president and I said, I'm going to fix immigration, I promise you, it's not going to be fixed on the first go around. It's a trial and error process because things are constantly changing. Things are changing. Numbers of people who want to come in, people who want to leave, you know, where they're coming from. And there's so many moving factors that have to go into the equation in order to solve it. But that doesn't mean that you stop after one, right? Then you fix it and you keep fixing it and fix it again until you finally fix it. And that's what needs to be. It has to be about results. And yes, Joe Biden is doing a fantastic job, not getting the credit for it, because we as Democrats are terrible, terrible 
fucking horrific when it comes to messaging, unlike the Republicans who take credit for everything that's positive. They take no responsibility for things that they've created that are negative, like Afghanistan and the extrication of people from Afghanistan. That's a That was a Donald Trump mandate. So it, you know, they completely wash their hands of it. It's Joe Biden's fault. Look what a mess. Meanwhile, 135,000 plus people were extricated safely. All right. From, you know, from Afghanistan, not an easy task. So we can go on and on and on about this. I'm telling you, you got to listen to, for example, to Lev as he sits there, breaks down all of the inappropriate things that were going on inside the White House. 600 million made by Jared and Ivanka in four years. You had um, governments spending time at Trump's old post office where he was making money. You know, $2 billion goes to Jared thereafter, allegedly $2 plus million to buy pardons. And so, I mean, my God. When does enough become enough? And, you know, people sit there, they'll say, oh, well, you know, you used to be on his side. If it wasn't for you, Hillary Clinton would have won. And I'll tell you something, and I want to be very clear about it. All right. There is nothing, all right, that Donald could do, including shooting somebody on Fifth Avenue and taking credit for the shot that would have gotten Hillary to defeat Donald. I don't know exactly what it is. There is some people who they just don't translate with, you know, with um, the American people. She was not going to win under any circumstance. That's the way, you know, that's the way most people see it. Um, You know, I took responsibility for the things that I did. But one thing for certain, I spend every single waking day out there right now trying to, you know, trying to fix what I had done wrong. And again, if you've ever read Revenge, you'll understand that what I was alleged to have committed, I did not. And so I will still nevertheless continue to fight for America because America is worth fighting for. All right. Unlike Donald, whose belief system is America is not worth fighting for, but it is worth taking advantage so I could line my pockets. All right. That's what he's all about. It's how he decided to get into this race in the first place. It was a branding move that that the campaign was supposed to be the greatest infomercial in U.S political history. He didn't want to be president. It was a branding idea. By the way, I think Hillary Clinton could have won. And for all of Donald Trump's whining and complaining about the FBI, you don't hear Hillary Clinton on her social medias every day saying, I would have won, but James Comey came out with a report. You know, he did a press conference in October that was total BS and violated every protocol. I mean, if you want to actually talk about FBI going against what their normal protocol is, how about the fact that James Comey like just freelanced on his own? gave a press conference without going through any of the appropriate channels announcing that he was doing a criminal investigation of Hillary Clinton in the days leading up to the election. I mean, you want to you want to talk about violations of protocol and she didn't, you know, I don't see her whining today about that or saying I should be the president or all caps because she's an adult because, yeah, because she, she is, is because she is an adult. But you know what? And again, I'm going to I'm going to, you know, make mention of this while I acknowledge that Hillary certainly is an adult. She's a brilliant brilliant person and she would have certainly made a much better president than Donald did. 
I don't want people to forget all of the stupid shit that came out of Donald's mouth uh, in 2015, 2016 on his opening and his opening statement where he was announcing his race. He's attacking Mexicans. He's calling them murderers, rapists, drug dealers. But don't worry, some of them are good people. Right. He called Nazis. They're good people on both sides. I mean, that was in Charlottesville. He engaged in conversations and he did things that anybody else would be laughed out of this country, would be sent into into the, you know, to the moon to live there by themselves in exile, but not him. And he still won. So, you know, I don't want people to forget this simply because he had promised them results. And they bought into the bullshit. And it's our job, Ben, to ensure that every time that, you know, what he claims to be, um, you know, his capabilities, that he would be the result-oriented president, you know, and so on, that we have to call him out and show, show the world, not just Americans, but show the world how he's lying, when he's lying, where he's lying, and so on. And by doing so, I'm pretty sure that, you know, um, our country will survive, that democracy will survive, and Joe Biden will be president again in 2024. And to all of those who still support this guy who says, he's not coming for me, he's not coming for me, I remind you of again. the famous quote, first they came for the socialist, and I did not speak out because I was not a socialist. Then they came for the trade unionist, did not speak out. I was not a trade unionist. Then they came for the Jews, did not speak out because I was not a Jew. Then they came for me and there was no one left to speak for me. Speak for democracy, right. the brigaders. We need you right now to speak. It's not even about the Democrats. It's about pro-democracy, compassion, decency, which is embodied today far more in the Democratic Party than the modern-day MAGA Republican Party, which has no decency, no compassion, no agenda. But this isn't just a show where we talk to you. This is where we together. The conversations that we're having, Michael Cohen, myself, with you and all of you, it's this kind of conversation we'd have if we were at a bar together, having dinner together, having lunch, going for a walk together. These are the types of conversations that when Cohen and I were thinking about what, you know, should we do a show together? One day we were just having a call, just, just shooting the shit. And we were like, we need to have this conversation with everybody. Like, let's include everybody because we need you. We truly need you in this moment right now and in this fight for democracy. So when this podcast ends, when this audio or this show, when this ends, your work begins, our work begins, which is to spread the messages of pro-democracy, of love and compassion, to get out the message now to people who you know to vote blue, which is a vote for democracy. Don't wait until 2024 on the eve right. of an election to start looking about whether you're registered. The work begins right here, right now, and we thank you, Brigaders, for all of your support. I want you all to check out Michael Cohen's book, Revenge, wherever books are sold and audio books are sold, how Donald Trump weaponized the U.S. Department of Justice against his critics. We have in the drop-down description menu on our YouTube site if you want to help fund the legal defense of Michael Cohen with all of these ridiculous legal actions. Donald Trump has 
filed against him. You can check that link out in the description. All the funds. His goal, his goal is to shut me up, Ben. His goal is to shut down political beatdown. His goal is to shut down my mea culpa podcast the same way that he had me unconstitutionally remanded back to Otisville because I wouldn't waive my First Amendment constitutional rights. By fighting this lawsuit, this ridiculous, um, you know, malicious $500 million lawsuit, right? We're going to ensure that Donald Trump is held accountable. And you could bet you could take that to the bank. You'll see if you're watching this on YouTube, on the bottom right of YouTube, there is a dollar sign right there where you could become a member of the YouTube channel, the Midas Touch YouTube channel. And if you are already a member, there is a feature where you could buy memberships for other people. So if you're in the YouTube channel and you see people with those badges that appear, if you want to get one of those badges, um, you become a member on the YouTube site. And if you have a badge, you could gift memberships to other brigaders who are in this chat right now. You'll see that little dollar sign at the bottom right. Check out patreon.com slash Midas Touch as well. We have exclusive membership content there that you can check out. And of course, everybody get ready for an episode of Mea Culpa You Will Never Forget with Michael Cohen and Lev Parnas. It's on the Mea Culpa podcast feed. And this weekend, we will have it as well on the Midas Touch YouTube feed. I've seen this interview. You are not going to want to miss it. Michael Cohen, thank you so much for your time. I have so much fun with you, the Brigaders. We had some great debates today and look forward to continuing our fight together for democracy. Shout out to the Midas Mighty. <laughs>